What's up, guys? John Stacy here, your host of Thick, Strong, and Awkward, the podcast. Today, I've got a super special episode for you with Nadia Stowers. She just won America's Strongest Woman under 82 kilos and World's Strongest Woman under 82 kilos, as well as set some world records this year um, between axle press, log press, block press, uh, sandbag load. She's just been crazy busy dominating. Um, earned a pro card at ASW and has just been killing it ever since. Uh, I will let her tell you all about that. We go over uh, the new changes coming to Strongman Corp and what she thinks about it, as well as her thoughts on some of the drama that's been going on. Um, without further ado, here we go. So how you doing? Not too bad, actually. Uh, just finished training a little bit for the morning, um, and I just set up our time, so pretty much that's it. Right on. Sounds like a decent uh, start to the day. I haven't trained yet. I won't be going for a few hours. Yeah, what, I actually uh, like training in the morning, preferably. Yeah. yeah, I do I do best probably late afternoon. I don't know. In the morning, I'm just a little too, too tired, a little too grog. It takes me a while to wake up. I'm not a morning person, exactly. <laughs> I'm not, but actually training in the morning helps me wake up and helps me be less cranky. So I'm like, if people want to smile, I need to train. Yeah. Yeah. Get that blood flowing. I guess that probably, there's probably some science behind that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you take pre-workout when you train in the morning? Is that like right off the bat? It depends on how I feel. Um, I actually take pre-workout maybe four times a week. So probably not every day okay. or I'll have a bang or a rain or something of that sort. Depends. Um, but yeah, I try not to take it every day just cause you build a caffeine tolerance and then it does nothing for you. Which yeah, I definitely, I got into that when I was doing a lot of construction and whatnot, I was hammering well over a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day and got to the point where it was just <laughs> doing it to keep off the headaches. And, uh, that's an addiction at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It got pretty bad. <laughs> um, so I, I stopped and took a nice break and it's been pretty nice. Cause now like a cup of coffee, I can actually feel a little bit. So yeah, it took a while though. It's almost like a detox when we take too, too much caffeine. We tell ourselves to take at least six weeks off of it, at least a month. So mm-hmm. then again, we start using it like normal again. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild when you get that used to something and uh, a rain doesn't do anything to you anymore. No, it really doesn't. They're like, how much is <laughs> it? I'm like 350. They look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, is that a lot? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, if you take pre-work, most pre-workouts start at 300 or like 275. So I mean, we've been taking right. that stuff for years. Your body's just... Nah, this is nothing. At that point, I think it's a placebo effect. I'm like, does it work? I don't know, but I'm going to drink it, trick my yeah. brain, and I'm awake, so it might help. Exactly. There you go. So uh, how you been coming off your big World's Strongest Woman win? It's been nice. Um, I came home, and I pretty much hid out for about two days. Yeah. You know, being in the crowds, being in the competition, you just kind of want that downtime to decompress. Mm-hmm. Uh, before all the questions, before people are um, in your face at the gym or at home. So you just kind of relax a little bit. Um, but it was actually really nice to come back and almost just go right back into just being me. Like people are like, what's well, strongest woman, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, nah, it's just me. We're in our gym. Yeah. We're training. Same person you've seen the last three or four years. So that was nice to come back to. Yeah. I mean, you're no stranger to uh, to bigger comps and stuff either over the last few years, I don't think. So it's probably not a huge uh, difference to how you feel about yourself necessarily. You're not building like a big ego. Um, but you did win some prominent shows. I mean, you got the uh, America's Strongest Woman title right before that one. So that's a pretty big right. deal. 
No, it's been actually a very insane year and you don't even really realize it till just going back through my Instagrams or talking to my coach, Jacob, you're just like, yeah, we did that. Well, that was that year too. And we did that. I'm like, that was three months ago. So you don't even really realize like all the stuff that we've done in just this one year. Mm -hmm. Um, Granted, it was because of COVID. um, A lot of the shows got pushed to the end of the year as opposed to being spread out. So yeah, it seemed like one after the other back to back, but Mm -hmm. Honestly, I wouldn't have had it any other way because it worked out a lot in my favor. So it's like COVID was bad, but the scheduling worked out pretty well. Yeah, you're in one of those uh, momentum swings right now where it's it's really hard probably to cut that momentum short if you feel like you're still doing well and healthy and everything. Right. Yeah, but, you, um, you and uh, you and Camby, I guess, are kind of on the same trajectory. You both won America's Strongest and then you won OSG. Uh, you both set world records at Clash this year. Pretty wild. Right. Yeah, what all, you set the log and the block, right? uh, This year I did the log, the block, the axle, uh, and then I tied the bag over bar at Rogue. Oh, I forgot about the Rogue one. Yeah, yeah, you've been busy. Wow. Then there was, uh, we hosted Static Monsters here, so I got uh, both the log and the axle deadlifts as well for those. Wow. That's, That's wild. How, I know you were at the Rainier. I don't remember what you placed there in Washington. I was there. That was my very first pro-am ever. And I came in third uh, behind two of probably most predominant heavyweights that I've come up against, not even just size-wise, but talent-wise. Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe like big. But uh, coming behind Inez and Victoria, that was a pretty big victory for me. Standing at five foot five, 180 pounds. I'm like, cool. This wins for the little. So that yeah, felt really good. Yeah, that was a really good show too for a pro-am and being your first one. I think that was probably a good, uh, probably left a good taste in your mouth as far as those go. It was. And uh, there were a lot of people that I knew there from Instagram. So it was pretty cool to see them in person. And uh, they made you feel very welcome. We had mm-hmm. a great time. And there are people that I've kept in contact through uh, for the rest of the year. So I see us remaining friends and being Instagram friends for a while. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's something that just about everybody that does well in the sport can say about it is the camaraderie and the, the friendships that you build here. It's I mean, everybody's looking out for each other. It's always a really great thing to have that reiterated too by somebody at like the higher level like you are. Yeah, it was very nice because um, I'm pretty sure you were aware it was everywhere. Strong women went through a very weird, almost high school mean girl phase. And I'm just like, what is happening? And so I I pretty much blocked all of that out. I stopped mm-hmm. reading all of it. And then coming into OSG was very refreshing because those girls were not involved in any of that drama. So we were just back to having fun, back to talking to each other. And I was like, okay, I feel better. <laughs> it's just like I was very confused as to what was happening just during mm-hmm. that time. Yeah, that's something I was thinking about too when I was I was thinking about specifics to ask you and whatnot. And I realized that during all of that, you you were pretty quiet. I mean, you were posting, you know, training stuff and whatever, but you were you were just focused back to the grind, doing your normal thing, it seemed like. And uh, yeah. I respect that a lot. You know, you're not getting involved in a lot of the, the nonsense that we've been dealing with. Because we can't. Like I said, it felt like high school. I was like, we're mm-hmm. calling each other princesses and they call each other ogres. And I'm like, okay, what's next? We're going to start hair pulling? Like, what are right. we doing? I think the only thing that I got involved was, was I got so fed up that I just posted grow the hell up. And I was just like, <laughs> knock it off. And then yeah. I, I exited uh, from everybody who was involved. I stopped looking at their stories. Cause it was just, it was frustrating. Mm-hmm. That's not what I got into this sport for to be calling names, um, to be poking at each other, prodding each other. It's just like, just stop, just go to competitions, lift and encourage each other, get back to the start of why we all did this in the first place. You know? Yeah. Well put. I, I agree. I think, uh, I think it's just like everything else these days, especially with 2020 and 2021 is 
we're facing division everywhere we look and it's pretty yeah. wild. You know, I didn't expect oh. it to uh, affect strong man or strong woman to the uh, extent that it has recently. It did. And so, like I said, OSU was just very refreshing. Uh, those people weren't there and mm. uh, we had a blast. Everybody was supporting everyone, cheering along the sidelines. When it wasn't your turn, we were up and watching. So it was a lot of fun over there. Just kind of, it restored your faith a little bit. So I was like, okay, we still have these competitors that are good. The camaraderie is still there. And these are friendships that hopefully will last. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, that being said, are there any specific changes you would like to be seen in strong woman as far as, you know, making it a little bit more equal across the board. I had some people reach out and ask me to ask you that. I'm just curious what your opinion is on some of the things going on. Um, really just in terms of promotion. Um, but I have felt that this year it's gotten a little better. Mm -hmm. You are seeing a little more, um, of the pages, the corporations are supporting the events by putting a woman's picture up there, or putting a woman's video up there. I've seen more of that this year. Mm -hmm. um, also, the pay has gotten better. Like it's being uh, brought to more people's attention. Like we did the same show, we did the same events. Why does he get five thousand more dollars than we do? So it's yeah, like, right. and even so, we've been putting it in the woman's perspective. Um, ratio wise, it would be harder on us because we're smaller. The weights are a little bit heavier compared to what we do. So it's like, why isn't it equal? That is something I'm still kind of struggling with. Um, but if you look into the history of the sports, the only thing I could connect to is strong woman is not as old as strong man. So I think we just need to take our time and let the strong woman momentum build, mm -hmm. let it gradually go um, a little bit further. The older the sport gets, the more people know about it. I feel like the women's and the men's will start to equal out a little bit more. Sure. Um, that's really about it. It's just good being patient too. Um, right now I feel like the women are demanding a lot at one time, uh, instead of being patient, just like, okay, they did this promotion. Let's take that as a win mm -hmm. and wait a little bit. Oh, okay. They just paid equal to the men like WS did. That's a win. Let's take that. Let's be patient. So it's just hopefully letting it gradually build mm -hmm. and not making such a huge deal out of every little thing that comes up. And then, like I said, we have to be patient because not as old. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think these things take time to develop and grow. Um, Strongman took a long time. I mean, how many years were people competing at ASM for, you know, $1,500? And right. this year it went up substantially. I don't know what ASW's prize money was. I don't know if you want to share that, but. Um, ASW, the top was three okay. uh, for the women. Mm -hmm. So. It's a big jump from last year, but it's still not where the men are. Okay. Right. Uh, the men, they got more uh, because there was a donation that was given to the middleweights. And so because there was a donation given to middleweights, they upped to the heavyweight price just to kind of equal it out. Gotcha. Um, I don't really know too much about that, but that's what I've heard. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, we just got to be patient. We are getting paid. Like you said, ASW or ASM, excuse me, was 1500 not too long ago. That's where the women are starting. Fifteen hundred. Now we're three thousand. Maybe next year it's five thousand, and it'll just continue to grow as the sport gets older. The sport gets becomes uh, more known. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a really uh, healthy way to look at it too, because I mean, it keeps you from being bitter towards people running things in the sport and stuff. And I think that that's right. been going on and going around rampant on both sides of it. Right. I mean, one hundred fives have been getting upset about you know their pay versus heavyweights as well, um, and it's. It's understandable because 105s have been around for a while, but I think taking action in, in a positive way and getting people involved and going out and getting your own donations and stuff, which is what 
seems to be now the trend, which it wasn't yeah. for a while, is uh, is a really healthier way to go about it. And it's been working in everybody's favor, it seems. Yeah. And to me, I'm feeling like um, focusing too much on the money, uh, focusing too much on the promotion is taking away from the fun of the sport. Because uh, me and my coach have said this forever. When you stop having fun, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Because like angry all the time, you go into competitions, you're bitter, you're demanding. I'm like, okay, so why are you here? Nobody forced you into this competition. Yeah. So they didn't force you. Why are you complaining? So I think people forget that this whole sport is voluntary sure. and nothing has to be handed to you. <laughs> They're doing it out of, you know, this is their show. This is what we have to offer. You can do it or you cannot. Mm-hmm. So don't do it and then complain and demand. And you make the promoters feel like crap for not meeting up to your standards, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, also, how was ASW being at the uh, Olympia? I thought that that was going to be a stellar uh, setup for you guys. I didn't get to actually watch any of it, unfortunately. But um, It was at the Olympia. Uh, I wouldn't call the setup stellar. Okay. I'm not insulting anybody by any mm-hmm. means. So. But we were in between powerlifting and the Zumba. So if you can imagine, it was just like another, uh, another booth. Gotcha. Um, we were kind of cracking up because at one point uh, during the competition, the Zumba started playing Baby Shark. And I was like, if I have to compete to Baby Shark, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't focus to Baby Shark. So it was kind of like in the months of the entire uh, expo. Uh-huh. Um, and like on a specific stage or anything um, off to the corner. Okay. So you kind of had to search for it. I do hope um, for the next years that they do have a little more of a a center stage, a little more of an announcement. Um, But I do understand it's bodybuilding, it's Olympia. They focus more on that. Mm -hmm. But a little more uh, recognition, a little more setup would be nice. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, that's interesting. I haven't gotten to talk to anybody about it yet. So I wasn't aware that it was kind of just in the mix of things. I just heard at the Olympia and I know the foot traffic there at least. So I thought, you know, maybe you guys would get some decent uh, spectators, but it makes sense. If you were stuck between Zumba and uh, powerlifting, it was probably pretty rough. Zumba is going on the entire time. Mm. So, you know, have nervous energy. We catch ourselves dancing to the music in between our, our times and just uh-huh. looking at each other and off I'm like, oh, wait, wait, we need to focus. <laughs> so it, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, when you earned your pro card, what year? This year, just at ASW. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, because yeah. you you uh, online qualified for that, right? Um, no. How did I get to ASW? I think I just signed up. How did I get to ASW? Because I know so the like, men did the online qualifier for amateurs. I don't know how the women if they changed that or what they. Did. I remember. Um, Dion had sent out an email, um, saying that because I placed, I think it was top ten at nationals when I was there last. It oh, that's right. An automatic invite. I had to remember. I was like, how did I get there? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. They went they went to 2020 and I think they went to the top six. Okay. Because yeah, I was like, yeah. okay. She opened up an elite amateurs class, right. um, but I was the only one that signed up for it. So I was like, good. Cool, where's everybody else? Yeah. That's, rough. <laughs> that's what's wild for men and women is that that was opened up pretty much across the board for people to either enter online or the top three or sorry, the top six from nationals didn't seem like it got that much traction. Not a lot of people, because I think the three people that submitted in men's are the three that qualified and went. <laughs> it was very rough. Like um, even going into ASW for registration, there were originally five and then somebody dropped. Mm-hmm. Signing up, I saw a name crossed out, dropping it down to three. And so I was like, where is everybody at? <laughs> yeah. So when I talked to them, they said, oh, they skipped ASW to do OSG. 
But if you actually look at the two shows, ASW, OSG, it was almost a warm up or a right. training to go to OSG. So it's like, why not do this? There's a bag toss, a deadlift ladder, there's a log. It was almost setting you up to do mm-hmm. better for OSG and keeping you prime, at least in my opinion. And I'd say it worked out very well in my favor. Um, but a lot of people I'm realizing they don't do a lot of shows back to back for whatever reason. But since I've started here at Big with Jacob, we see a show, we do it. We sure. take those opportunities as they come. So it's just a completely different mindset. So it was pretty rough just looking around. There's only three of us, um, but yeah, it was yeah. very good competition. My hat's off to Aaron and Gabby. I do feel like they made me definitely work for it. So even though there was three, it was a quality three. So I'm yeah. very happy with that one. Yeah, I, I don't think even if anybody else showed up that that podium would have changed, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty much, uh, I know Gabby didn't go to OSG, but it was still, I mean, Aaron dropped weight too, went down to what, 73s? Yeah, I gave her shit for that because I was yeah. like, you're me. you're way more than me, get over here. But she went through a very significant cut and I mean, mm-hmm. it paid off for her. So if yeah. you have to do it, but I gave a lot of the original middles a lot of shit for dropping just, just to <laughs> razzle. Yeah. What, how big of a cut do you usually do? Not very. I usually float anywhere between 180 and 185. So this one, I only needed a one pound weight cut. So it was (laughs) nothing. Yeah. That's impressive. I mean, guys, you said you're only five, five, right? Yeah. I'm quite little. (laughs) You look, you look like you could compete with the heavyweights, but you're not like large, like a lot of the heavyweights either. It's kind of an interesting, you're right there in that middle ground. So that middleweight class is probably perfect for you. No, it is. Um, I even laugh because uh, the second place, Hannah, she's shorter than me. We're about mm-hmm. the same width. But if, on the podium, I still look the smallest one there. And I'm like, why do I look so damn small all the time? Can I just like <laughs> platforms or something? But at this point, I own it. I, I think of myself as like an ant. I'm this big, but I can lift this big. So <laughs> I just want to run with it. That's awesome. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> How, uh, how long have you been uh, competing in Strongwoman? I don't know when you started. Um, I started back in 2017, right when the gym opened. Um, okay. I had originally met Jacob at a Spartan race and we got to talking and he's like, hey, I'm opening up a gym. Um, a year later, I came to his grand opening, started pretty much right off the bat. So this coming month, December, will be my fourth year uh, competing in Strongwoman. Wow. Yeah, you're moving up the ranks fast then. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize. I, for some reason, I was thinking that you had gotten into it in the early, like, 2010s. Um, just because... <laughs> were you were you a Nationals in 2019? Um, I want to say it was 2019, because I was also my first uh, OSG was 2019. Okay, yes. yeah, because I was at both of those, and I remember seeing you there, and I think I just assumed that you had been around for a minute, but... No, okay. Nationals, too. Gotcha. First and last. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Um, what do you have planned moving forward? Are you just going to kind of coast on this for a while and take an off season? Or are you, like you said, you just kind of see a show and sign up? Yeah, um, I have one planned up coming up. I've known it since the original clash uh, this year. So he's bringing up the women's clash to the coast, which I will participate in. Okay. Um, I believe that's in April. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much of an off season, but it is a little bit of a break. Probably start training up again for that in January take December to just kind of let my body decompress from this year. Um, the Arnold's, I do still have my Arnold's amateur invite because it got pushed back two years, uh, unfortunately, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the fence about that one. Maybe, maybe not, depending on when Clash is scheduled, because I know they're very close. 
Yeah, currently, I just talked to Rob, and currently they're looking at the second weekend of March for the Arnold still, but you know that's subject to change. Yeah. And then uh, Clash is April 22nd as of right now. That I didn't get was the actual date. Um, Been talking to Furman, trying to get the details. So he said April um, when I talked to him in Florida. So I just keep that circled on my calendar. Like, okay, I know I have a show there. Just kind of schedule everything else around it as it comes. Yeah, that would probably be my priority as well if I was in your position over the the Arnold. But both would be a blast. I think, uh, I mean, the Arnold's just, just be able to say you went and competed, especially if you win saying that you won the Arnold at amateur, it's pretty big deal. So, right. And do you, Until, I, do the women earn a spot at the pro show the following year? If they win, how does that work for the, I believe so. Um, at ASW, they gave Arnold pro wild card, uh, that did go to the heavyweight champ Victoria. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we've kind of been in uh, back and forth with Dion trying to see how you qualify for Arnold pro. Um, because if that opportunity comes up, I won't do amateur and aim for that one. Mm-hmm. But, um, I'm not sure if you get the qualifier when you win Arnold Amateur. I would assume so, because um, what else would be the next step, you know? Yeah, and that's how the men work, so I would think. I think so. Yeah. What? Uh, how do you feel about someone? I don't know if you've been keeping up with, you know, you, t- you tend to like to stay out of the drama. Um, yeah. <laughs> have you been keeping up with the the changes being announced for Strongman Corp with by Rob? Somewhat. Um, okay. I've been hearing it as people come into the gym. They're telling me to. Uh, the one that's predominantly affected us is the new weight classes because they are doing them and they're not doing them. Yeah. So we're throwing a show just next month in the next three weeks. So we're like, okay, do we need to change our weight classes? Because I sent an email that we do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, then they're like, but we're going to get rid of them. So I'm like, so we don't. So that's the only thing that I'm trying to figure yeah. out what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. From my understanding, 2022. So I don't know if you'll fall. Well, I guess you would if you're going to do a qualifier um they are getting rid of some of the subclasses and creating them as full classes right which is the opposite of what dion was doing she was making more subclasses (laughs) right yeah and then uh in 2023 it's going to be new classes altogether yeah so i'm like because then sometimes when you qualify for a certain weight class it tracks to the next year um depending on when the show is qualified so it's like okay so if you qualify they get rid of the weight class do you go up or do you go down so mm-hmm. people need to know because they do weight classes, they do their cycles, they need to peak. So it's like they need to know these things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm also super curious how that will go for pro cards as the weight classes change. Like, do you get to pick what class you're now a pro in? That's very true. So yeah. um, I have yet to watch the video that Rob just released. I do have mm-hmm. that um, on my back burner because we need to know. And then I'll have a better opinion as to what we're doing with Strongman Card the next couple of years or so. Are there any changes that you would like to see specifically? Um, just honestly, more shows. Uh, we're running out of programs, especially because uh, yeah. that was actually one of my fears. Becoming a pro was like, okay, so what do we do? Because there's not a lot of shows anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas an amateur, you can just go sign up for Billy Bob's backyard show, a backyard show, excuse me, and then just go have fun. Mm-hmm. But as a pro, you're like, okay, can't do that anymore. So who has a show and where? So I'm just hoping that we see more programs that are starting to be scheduled, which they're saying, but uh, proof is in the pudding. Let's see if they actually schedule them. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're, I see that they're increasing fees, which is kind of interesting. They are. Um, Gratefully as a pro, you don't have to pay for um, a membership renewal. I believe they said, or it was like one of these show fees, but Mm -hmm. as far as new members that could either be hit or miss because you could discourage from people from joining because the membership fee is so high. 
Yeah. Um, for example, like I was trying to just do a powerlifting meet for fun, but their membership was two hundred dollars. So I was like, <laughs> well, I don't want to throw three hundred dollars for a one-time show just for fun because you got to get the membership and pay the entry fee. Mm-hmm. So I was like, thinking in terms of strongman, will it discourage newbies from trying it? Because they're like, well, what if I don't like it? I don't want to drop one hundred fifty dollars on this membership. I'm stuck with it, but I hate it. So it's like that one's tricky for me. Yeah, that one's a tough call too, because I know, I don't know what CrossFit fees are to compete or anything. I know that like to have a CrossFit gym and have it like named CrossFit is expensive, but uh, (laughs) I don't know what it is to compete. Um, I know in bodybuilding, a registration for whatever class you want to do is 125 per class. And then, or typically that anyway, from what I've seen. And then membership fees, I think for the NPC is like 125 or almost $200. I don't know, somewhere in there. That adds up quick. I mean, but obviously a lot of people do it there. So, I mean, it could be okay for us. Um, I think it's tough with a lot of the people that compete in strongman specifically, because I mean, it's typically a blue collar sport. Um, yeah. You know, a lot We're of regular people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it definitely could discourage some folks. It'll be interesting. I'm just not sure which direction it'll go yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not either or how they're going to do the corporation, how people are going to respond to it. So mm-hmm. it's really just a big way to see at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, luckily we have some other options too. I mean, you got strength fleet doing clash and then USS has been stepping their game up too. It seems like, uh, the, all the shows around here in Texas where I'm at, I've been giving away prize money nice. um, at the local level, which is huge. That and, is uh, Yeah. And then they're starting their own pro class where they're actually, I guess if you win their international pro show, you get a paycheck from USS like every month. Oh, no shit. So you yeah. get a, like, almost, um, the paid athlete status that everybody's seeking out, but they're actually yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dennis, the, uh, the owner said, you know, it's not going to be anything crazy because it's just going to be what they're able to do, but you will be, you know, as that pro status with the, if you do well at that international show, you will get a paycheck. So, I mean, that's something It's pretty cool. And that's showing effort. And that's honestly what the athletes are really just want to see out of federations is effort mm-hmm. towards the athletes, not efforts to fill your own pockets, efforts mm-hmm. to make more money. So it's like, what is the purpose behind raising membership fees besides to make more money? So it's like those things. Are you looking out for corporation? Or are you looking out for your athletes? Cause that's a whole different ball game. If you really have the athletes in mind. Yeah. yeah and it gets tough. I mean, I think like you said, you know, we want to see effort from the federations and then we also want to see that they're listening to the things that we have been complaining about. Right. <laughs> I think, I think one good idea that um, Rob has is that he wants to cap mats at like 80 people. And that's part of why he's doing a four-tier um, qualification process to nationals is to make sure nationals are, you know, he doesn't want anybody zeroing at Nats weights. Like if you get to Nats, you should earn it. You can be there because you should be there. And okay. I understand that. Absolutely. Because I've been to Nats where it's 200 plus people and it takes all day to do, you know, two events. Yeah. It was um, just the last one. I mean, I think the heavyweight men's category had uh, almost close to like 90 something competitors because we had uh, one of our guys there just waiting in line, waiting for his turn. He gets cold, you know, you can't warm up again because the equipment's taken. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's, that's, um, that's a balance right there. Athletes per warm up time per show time. So I kind of understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think that's a good idea. However, it's going to be tough having athletes compete four times and travel four times in a year to get there. That's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe two, maybe do a regular show and then maybe a one more, maybe a level one, level two. Mm-hmm. And then you get your nuts, but four is a lot. And then that's going to be a lot on the body too. 
So it's like, are they going to be nets ready? Because you burnt them out during the four tiers. So that's another thing to kind of keep in mind as well. That's a good point. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, I know he has some ideas as far as increasing the value and why he's increasing the memberships from what I talked to him about. Yeah. Some of the things that he says he's increasing value wise, I don't know that I see like uh, um, programs, basically like template workout programs that you get with your membership. But how many of us don't have coaches? Yeah. 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 So that's tough. So but. Um, like I said, I haven't watched the video, so yeah. I don't have an opinion on what he's going to do. I will later once I do. Um, mm-hmm. But the just speculation and what people have told me, um, the ideas that I've had based on what they told me. So, like I said, I, I need to watch it. Yeah. They understand what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I respect that. Um, do you have you have a sponsor? Is that Hossware? Is that what I'm seeing there? Um, at, it's, it's yet to be announced. Um, but oh, yes, I did, okay. uh, just sign up with Haas, uh, originally with, uh, kind of fit, kind of fat. Um, but after a lot of like speculations, a lot of pros versus cons, you know, you have to go through the whole thought process of leaving a company for another. And, um, at the end of the day, I, I felt like Haas was going to be the better choice for me. Okay. What, uh, is there any particular reason about that, that you would like to share or is it just what they offered you? Um, without coming off like offensive or anything to anybody, it's just basing off of what each company represents and how each company presents themselves. And I feel like the presentation for the strongman sport, Haas does better for the athletes wise, um, where I feel like kind of fit, kind of fat, they started out that way, but I feel like it's getting muddied and they're losing that original idea. They're losing that original strength behind their brand. Um, and now I'm, I'm just very confused as to what they're really doing. And so, like I said, after a lot of thought, I can get behind Haas, uh, and feel like they have my support. Okay. Right on. I respect that. I was, uh, uh, Darren Zola, the, uh, one more strong cast guy. I was messaging him and told him I was having you on and he told me to ask you about that. Cause they're his sponsor as well. So yeah, <laughs> yeah he was pretty excited. <laughs> It was an easy decision because it does feel like you hate telling people, hey, I'm leaving. But it's like at the end of the day, you have to feel like good about uh, your sponsors. You have to feel good about what you're wearing, what you're representing. So if KF puts up something and I don't like support it or I don't feel good about it and it's like, well, it leaves you feeling really weird. Like I don't want to repost it or I don't want to put it up. So mm-hmm. it's like, is that really what you want from your sponsor? You know, you want to be on the same page. You want to always blast them. You want to always post them. So I felt that that was a change I needed to do for myself. Fair enough. Makes sense. Uh, I was also asked to ask you if your war braids add weight to all your lifts from OSG. <laughs> Ribbon called that before. It's pretty cool. Um, really, I just do the braid when I feel like the ponytail will get in the way. Uh-huh. For things like a yoke or a sandbag toss where I don't want it flying in my face. So the braid. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I think that was a big thing. I actually saw that, uh, captioned on a few different people's posts about you for the stories and whatnot that I saw when you were winning. I never heard that before. That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and then are there any records that you're going to go after now? I mean, you already have, you had the log, you set the axle, right. But then didn't, did Melissa beat it? Right afterwards, or is that were they different records? No, it was vice versa. Um, Melissa okay. did it at Clash, and then 
I think it was like a month or so later, I beat it at uh, a friend's competition where the uh, Wrath of the Strongest, excuse me, happens at Untamed Strength. So that one is still standing. Um, I haven't seen anything about anybody beating it. Um, I don't really see anybody beating it for a while because I I really gave that my heart and soul. And I sat that at two. two, So I think that's going to sit pretty well. Um, Coming up, we kind of have the dumbbell in mind. We're kind of flirting with it a little bit. Um, I know any opportunity that I come, I can beat my own log record um, because the, con- <laughs> the conditions that class are not the best and I've had more in me in training ever since. So mm-hmm. if a log comes up, I would love to push that even further. Yeah. And then really anything I can stick my hand into, be like, okay, I feel that. Like the sandbag, he, um, Jacob's really been training me on sandbags. Like, why not give it a shot? So we went there. I didn't beat it, but I ended up tying it, which is still pretty cool. So mm-hmm. as those opportunities come up, yeah, we'll definitely be taking those. Okay. What, uh, what is the dumbbell record for women? Um, I believe it sits at 180 right now as an overall. And yeah. I believe for middle, sitting at like 165. So it was in reach just if I want to do that right now, because it has been a very record heavy year. It is a lot on the body. It yeah. is a lot mentally. So when I'm ready to push those numbers again, I'll probably be the next one. I gotcha. Are there any, uh, what would be your favorite event as far as if like you could pick the clash lineup for finals events, what would you like to see? Stones is always a great one that always gets the blood pumping. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great for the crowd because they love, especially if it's head to head, like people mm-hmm. love a head to head stone run. Cause you can see one, two, one, two, one, two, or if they're down at the same time. Yeah. Um, any kind of a race, like a farmer's race, a yoke race, anything that's head to head is really going to be fun to do. Because um, even at OSG, for example, you can see the person at the corner of your eye. It just pushes you even further. So yeah. and head to head really should be the last one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I love head to head events. I, I think that we need to see a lot more of them. Ideally, I mean, in my opinion, for watchability of events, I think seeing like four lanes, like all the time for events mm-hmm. is, is really I think it looks the best. It's not too overcrowded with people and uh, it gets everybody excited. It is. Um, even coming home and watching movies, it made me realize it almost looks like uh, the horse races, how they would have all of them starting out. And that's where the excitement would start to go. You see one start to lead, one the other starts to lead. And it's just like it gets everybody going. It's so yeah. much fun. Yeah, I think I think to have it really look like that, we'd have to increase the distances we're moving, though, because <laughs> it's pretty hard to change positions too many times. I don't know. We'd be tripping and falling over ourselves sometimes under that heavy weight. So you never know. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So any other events besides stones and head to head races? Mm, like I said, yoke farmers, um, any kind of load medley. So even if they took out stones, they made it like a sandbag load medley. Um, that would be fun as well. Um, yeah. Pretty much anything for speed, even lost you there for a second rose but i can still see you there you go yep now you're back um what how so you said you got into the sport in 17 right what got you into it what what fired you up about strong woman where'd you see it um, ironically, it wasn't even got me fired up for strong woman. It was for the sport in general. Um, because once I signed up for Jacob's gym, he 
kind of saw that I was strong, but I just kind of worked out just for the heck of it. Mm -hmm. And then, so he invited me to come watch him in a couple of competitions. And once I saw the vibe, I saw the weights, I saw the grind. I was like, I want to do this. And so since then we came back, we hit the ground running and it's been a consistent four years. We've had no breaks, no stops, training, competing the entire way. So once I found that sport, I was like, I feel like this sport was made for me. It's my first sport. Um, it seems like I have a natural niche for it. Mm-hmm. And of course, everybody needs coaching, yeah. but I've never felt more like I belonged in something more than I do in this sport. So I'm eternally grateful for Jacob for showing me that. And he'll forever be my coach because of that. It's like that one of those bonds you have. That's that amazing. you know that person. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, what... Had had a good way to word this, and now I lost it. <laughs> uh, you said you never did any sports beforehand. What was your background prior? No, um, coming out of high school, I was a theater kid. I was a band kid, so I did both the concert band and the marching band all four years. Um, coming out of high school, I actually went into um, opera theater at University of Redlands. Um, mm-hmm. Was pretty good at that. It just got too expensive, unfortunately, and so from there I went. To got into fitness just for fun um and this would be marching band i guess because you are moving across the field it's exhausting it's tiring but not an actual sport no (laughs) okay fair enough fair enough what what do you do for work i assume uh you have a day job like most of us (laughs) my day job is actually running the gym alongside jacob so the coaching the training we run the gym the background of the business so we're here we live here the ins and outs is us just me and him okay that's right that's a good spot to be in i mean you're close to everything you know what you're doing absolutely cool what uh are there any secrets that you have you said you you really haven't taken any kind of like off season since you started you just kind of hit the ground running and kept going do you have any secrets to staying strong year round staying ready for shows not you know getting injured It's very controversial, but my opinion of it is when people start to use and abuse um, the enhancers, the pit, like the, um, when they start to cycle, because that to me, it messes you up. You do too much, it messes you up. You pop things. Um, Tendons don't grow as fast as the muscles Mm -hmm. recover. And so for me, that plays a big role into why I'm able to keep going because there's nothing cycling through my body. The most I need is a regular recovery. Okay, did you sleep? Did you eat? Did you drink your water? Recovery. So keeping myself off of any of that, I believe, is it keeps me going. It's going to keep me healthier in the long run as well. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that stuff definitely has it's got its positives for people that want to use it, but it's definitely got its negatives. Right. And the negatives scare me too much to even... I'm like, hmm, no, <laughs> what about yeah, it can be, uh, it can be interesting when you see some folks, uh, I mean, you, you can watch people sometimes at the gym, like outgrow their body very quickly and, uh, injuries tend to ensue afterwards. Yeah. And then they don't take care of themselves because they think it's a magic fix. I'm like, it can help you. And I, I don't dog anybody or um, say anything that people who do, but mm-hmm. when you're on it, have to take care of yourself it's not a fix all you can't just take it and okay everything's great still gotta eat still gotta sleep still gotta be smart about your training it's when they push it and then they push the weights they don't recover you see the injuries and unfortunately it's just a downward spiral from there yeah yeah it seems to be the case in a lot of both men and women all over the board 
Um, and then, you know, a lot of people will get maybe slightly injured or start feeling a little off because their body's just not taking it very well. And they think that more is what's going to make them feel better. Or no, no, less. Yeah. Everybody, make sure you come off of it. So like I said, it's controversial because there are people who are, the people who are not. I don't care if you are, but mm-hmm. like I'm saying, take care of yourself. But me personally, I think that's what allows me to keep going is my body's still just by itself. As mm-hmm. long as I eat, I recover, I'm going to be good to go. Yeah. What do you do diet wise? Do you kind of follow a bodybuilding style diet or do you just kind of do you wing it or do you have a nutritionist? Um, it kind of depends, but for the most part, I wing it. Okay. One thing I make sure I do eat a lot of is protein. So let's say I'm at a restaurant or whatever, I'll order what I want, but I make sure there's a lot of protein in the mixture. Yeah. And I'm hungry, I can literally just sit down and eat a piece of chicken just by itself and be fine. Mm-hmm. So it is a lot of protein. Um, it's a lot of carbs because I have a very, very bad sweet tooth. So if mm-hmm. I didn't live 300 plus pounds, just put it that way. <laughs> so, but no, I don't really stick to anything very strict, uh, very restraining. Uh, Jacob did actually try to put me on um, a diet plan and my body did not respond well at all. Really? I was crazy. So he was like, yeah, just if it's not broke, don't fix it. So until yeah. then. Yeah. You seem to have uh, just a solid genetic potential as far as, you know, if you can kind of wing your diet to that degree, and uh, still do as well as you're doing and maintain the weight class right where you need to be for a real shortcut. I mean, why not? Yeah. In all honesty, I don't eat a lot. So let's say I'll order a carne asada fry, but I would make that carne asada fry last for three meals. So I don't sit and eat gigantic portions. I'll eat crappy sometimes, but I will make that crappy last for the entire day. That's just how I got my pick at things. Fair enough. That works too, I suppose. Spreads those calories out. Exactly. And then, uh, I mean, if you spread it out over midnight, that's a different day. So it's new calories, right? (laughs) Calories. It doesn't count anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are there any, uh, I guess, middleweight or even heavyweight, if you decide to compete heavyweight again, um, women that you see up and coming that are your biggest threats? Threats? No. Um, But I would love to see more middleweight women step up to the plate. Um, because like I'm saying, when we're going to these shows, I'm like, where is everybody? I don't know what they're afraid of. I don't know what they're doing, but I would love to see women step up more. Don't be afraid to pick up the weights. Don't be afraid to sign up for that competition. Who cares what you might place? Just do it. So that's something that I would love to see. But, um, thankfully here, my journey, it has built my confidence enough where I don't see people as threats. Mm -hmm. I see them as, okay, they're good at that. So I need to work on myself to get better at that too. But I don't see them as, oh, she's good at that. I'm scared. That phase of me is over. I just need to better myself to get to their level. If that makes sense. Now, were, were you always like that mindset wise? Or is that something that you've kind of developed over just years in your life? No. Um, of course, when you first start, there's a brand new thing, brand new sport. You're on Instagram. You're comparing, going to coach. Like, what about this girl? She's bigger. What about this girl? She can do this. And it's just like, stop looking. Yeah. get off Instagram and just focus on your training. But I would say probably for the first two years, I was like that comparing, looking at women, being afraid, um, thinking that they're out of my reach, out of my league. But mm-hmm. once he got me to switch my mindset to, yeah, they're better, they're more experienced, but our time hasn't come yet. We just have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. It really changed things for me because I no longer go into a competition afraid of anybody. I don't care if they got 200 pounds on me. I'm not afraid of them. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's something a lot of people struggle with. I know that I wasn't 
that mature for a long time in the sport. <laughs> and uh, it, ta- it takes a bit. It takes some beatings, too. I mean, you're going to take some loses or some losses and uh, before you get there. Yeah. And, um, I actually feel like that mindset helped me a lot in Dubai because I did end up coming in eighth. It was last place. But I had zero regrets. I wasn't sad. I was actually just happy, very happy to be there. That was a part of history. But it's changing that mindset to where your losses don't set you back or the post-competition depression. I don't experience that because I'm like, that was cool. Can't wait to do it again. And then you look forward to the next thing. We're not going to dwell and let that, that dark cloud start to form over that one competition. It's, it's not worth it. It's not life or death. We'll be fine. There's more competitions, more opportunities. Just got to keep that smile on your face. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like everybody as not everybody, not everybody realizes this, but I mean, it's a hobby. It's a pay to play sport right now, really. And it's a hobby. As I said, it's not the end of the world. We're going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love it though. No, I'm addicted. I'm in it for the long run. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Where are you originally from? I don't even know where you live. I'm actually originally from California here. Okay. Um, ironically where the gym opened up is here in Fontana and literally probably 10 minutes away is when my grandparents had a house when I was four years old. So I went down the middle school down the street from here and went to high school in Riverside. My mother lives in San Bernardino. So my entire life I've been in the Inland Empire area. So where I've been from is where I pretty much stayed. That's amazing. I don't know anybody I think that's like that except I mean I'm from a small town in Alaska. So there's some folks there that you know born and raised there that stay there and will probably live there all their life, but you don't hear about that a lot in the lower 48. No, but I mean, it's worked out for me. So why leave when everything has been almost lined up perfectly for me? I feel like I'm right supposed to be. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great feeling to have too. Having that confidence and like everything that you're where you're at, um, your competition, everything just seems to be lining up perfectly. So that's awesome. Well, uh, that's all the questions I had for you today. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. It was Absolutely. It was great catching up with you. And I can't wait to see if you go up to the Arnold or what you do at Clash. Yeah. Well, you know, like I like to post, I keep people updated. So you'll definitely be seeing and hearing from me a lot more. Um, And if you ever have questions, feel free to reach out Um, and do another one. I'm more than more than happy. I'm always down for um, talking, answering questions that people know what I'm up to. Absolutely. We love to see it. Uh, It's nice to keep everybody updated on the athletes that they like to watch too. And that's something I think this sport hasn't had for a while for, so I like that. Show them the human aspect that we're just regular old people who decided to lift weights one day. That's what I'm saying. Anybody can do this. Just go pick it up. It might spark something. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's tons of people that, I mean, you would never even guess we're going to be dominant at this sport that are out of nowhere. <laughs> at least try it. That's what we encourage here at our gym. At least give it a shot. You don't like it. Okay. But don't say you don't like it without at least trying it, you know? Even if you're not good at it, I guarantee you're going to make a lot of lifelong friends and you're going to be a part of a huge community that it has its drama here and there. But for the most part, I think. (laughs) Just stay out of it. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good message. It's a good good note to end on. I think so. Agree on that one. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate it. I will uh, talk to you again sometime, I'm sure. Yeah, no worries. Have a great rest of your day, bud. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much.